I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Always great to be with you. A lot of ground to cover on the fastest 60 minutes of radio, and we will attempt to slow things down, help you process things just a little better, help you divide the rage from the reason and make the news make sense today. And there's uh, a lot of it. Uh, we're continuing to monitor what's happening in Washington, D.C. Uh, the agreement had been made between uh, the White House and uh, Leader McConnell from the Republicans and Senator Schumer, minority leader for the Democrats, uh, on the stimulus bill. Uh, they still have not actually taken a vote on that uh, as yet, but we'll continue to monitor that here on KSL News Radio. And things are coming together. Again, we're talking about a $2 trillion package. Remember, it started out about $800 billion, then it went to a trillion, then it went to $2 trillion. And the way you get to $2 trillion is through uh, a whole lot of collusion <laughs> and a whole lot of little things that get thrown in there. So we're trying to dissect all of that and see what's in the bill. How is it really going to help small businesses? How is it going to help individuals? And uh, what is it going to do for uh, for larger organizations that have a lot of employees that they want to keep engaged as we go through this turbulent time with the coronavirus? Uh, very interesting. Uh, Senator McConnell is usually not one uh, with great uh, passion or great optimism when he speaks from the floor of the United States Senate. Uh, but today was a little different, I have to admit. Uh, he was much more optimistic and uh, said something I think is, is worth repeating today. In barely two months, this pandemic has upended our nation. This strange new reality has forced our nation onto something like wartime footing. A fight has arrived at our shores. We did not seek it. We did not want it. But now we're going to win it. And that Senate uh, Majority Leader Mitch McConnell on the floor of the Senate today. Again, remember, this has to be uh, passed by the Senate. Uh, I still think the president ought to send the vice president down to the Senate. It is his duty to preside over the Senate. I think this is a time when the vice president should be in that chair presiding. I actually think they should do this by unanimous consent if they're going to do that uh, before they send it over to the House. We're, we're hearing a little squabbling going on in terms of how the House will take up this bill uh, the only real quick measure they would have would be for Speaker Pelosi to offer it uh, and ask for unanimous consent, uh, meaning that there wouldn't actually be a roll call vote. And uh, any one member of Congress can object to that, and then it would require everyone to be there. As it relates to the House of Representatives, uh, they are out of session right now, uh, so they would have to call all of their members back to Washington, D.C., uh, which has all kinds of interesting ramifications uh, when you think of uh, everywhere across the country having members of Congress get on airplanes and travel back to Washington, D.C. for this vote. So a lot of interesting things still happening and still coming there. 
I, I do think it's a time for the nation to come together. Let's get this part of it moving uh, and then let's get uh, moving forward. But uh, the interesting thing to me is in so many cases, we're seeing people say, hey, we really we really need to look to the states uh, for a lot of the solutions to these things. Uh, and that's usually the case. That's usually the right case. Uh, and so I want to tee up. We're going to have uh, Derek Miller is going to join us from the Chamber of Commerce here in just a moment. But I want to tee this up with uh, something that Adelaide Stevenson said. I, I mentioned this in part yesterday, but I think this is a good model for all of our leaders at every level of government. Let's talk sense to the American people. Let's tell them the truth, that there are no gains without pains, that we are now on the eve of great decisions, not easy decisions. What counts now is not just what we are against, but what we are for. Who leads us is less important than what leads us, what convictions, what courage, what faith. And I think that's the call we have to have uh, to all Americans, that, yeah, we have big decisions ahead of us, not easy decisions, and it's less about what we're against, which political party we're going to squabble with. It's about what we're for as a nation and what we're willing to do, what conviction, what courage to move everything forward. Uh, as is often the case, the state of Utah, the Utah model, the Utah way leads out. And we saw that again on display yesterday uh, with the release of the Coronavirus Economic Response Plan. And very pleased to be joined uh, now by CEO and President of the Salt Lake Chamber, Derek Miller, uh, who is uh, a part of this task force and, and tapped to lead this by the governor. Derek, thanks for joining us today. Great to be with you. Thanks for the invitation. Uh, I, I just thought this was so important. I just wanted to get you on to uh, get some framing out there for for all of the citizens of the state as to what uh, this is really all about. There's three phases uh, to this plan. Love that we have a plan that we can measure, that we can monitor, that we can have transparency around. Give us a little outline of the, the plan. Well, as you mentioned, Boyd, this is uh, a plan with three phases. There's an urgent phase, a crisis phase that we're, we all know we're in right now. There's a stabilization phase, and, and then there's a recovery phase. And I think probably the most important information that your listeners can have is that every one of these phases uh, informs the other. So the, the better we do at phase one, the shorter phase two will be and so forth. And then, and then the second uh, important thing for your listeners to know is this is a plan for everyone. It's a plan for all Utahns. We encourage them to visit the coronavirus.utah.gov website to see the plan. It's, it's not long. It's only 10 pages long, but there's also a one-page summary that they can find there. As the governor mentioned yesterday when he uh, rolled out the plan, he talked about this is not just a plan for business. It's not just a plan for government. Uh, it's a plan as well for individuals. And in fact, on that note, I would say that it's so important over the next 10 days, this is really critical, uh, that individuals, all of us, are following the social distancing uh, guidelines, restrictions that have been put into place, and other best practices that we all know by heart now about maintaining uh, the best hygiene. And if we can do that, if we will do that, and if we'll work together doing that over the next 10 days, then we'll we'll start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, that's uh, that's great. And again, just a reminder to everyone: it's coronavirus.utah.gov. Uh, and again, as as Derek mentioned, it's it's only ten pages. There's a one page summary. 
Uh, and this is one of those uh, we're all in this together. And again, I think this is kind of a Utah way moment. And, and Derek, you've seen this uh, both in your time uh, in politics, in the governor's office, uh, and also uh, at the chamber. Uh, I love the fact that uh, the report highlights the uh, kind of the hive mentality. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about that a little bit. Well, you know, probably the best way I could describe it, of course, we all know what the hive refers to. That's the beehive. It's, you know, uh, it's this notion uh, that we have in in Utah that we can do things collectively as a community to help each other. Uh, The governor issued a call to action on Saturday that we all uh, have a weekend of prayer uh, and, and calling upon a higher power. But he also talked about you know, it, we can we can pray like it all depends on on uh, on a higher power on on a God in heaven. But we also need to work uh, like it depends on us. So we need to uh, help each other and serve each other. Here here's the point that I want to make with regards to the hive and how it relates directly to this plan. You have probably seen, and your listeners have probably seen and observed, as I have, uh, that in in many respects an unfortunate thing is happening uh, on a national level, uh, and that is a retreating into uh, corners. And the two corners that I have observed is, on one hand, you you say, uh, we're not doing uh, enough on the healthcare side and we're killing people. On the other side, you hear people saying, we're doing too much to put restrictions in place, and we're killing jobs. And, and, and they're making it be a choice, or they're, or they're presenting it as if it's a choice. And I want to stress that in Utah, we understand that is a false choice. It is not uh, one versus the other. It is not the health imperative versus the economic imperative. When people look at this plan, they will see that this is a hand-in-hand approach, a very balanced approach to protecting both individual health as well as the overall economic health. And by the way, I I would stress the fact that, again, it's not jobs versus people, because there's a very direct connection between jobs, having a job, and being a healthy person. So when we're protecting one, we're actually protecting all of it. Uh, Love that. So, so important. And I really appreciate, Derek, that you brought out this idea of the false choices. Uh, There's a a lot of them out there, and I think this is a great way to make sure we we focus on the right thing. Derek Miller, President and CEO of the Salt Lake Chamber of Commerce uh, and leading this task force. Uh, Again, you can go to coronavirus.utah.gov. Derek, thanks for your leadership on this, and we'll continue to tap into you as we uh, try to move this all forward as the hive together. Thank you, Boyd. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside. When we come back, I've got a real treat for you. You do not want to miss this. We're going to have a little bit of fun. KSL's Dave McCann's going to join us. He has no sports to do play-by-play with today. We're going to give him something better. Don't miss it right here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.